0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash BGMpodcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from, from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash BGMpodcast. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash podcast for your free audiobook.
1: You're now listening to the Blood Girl Nerds podcast, hosted by Jamie Broadnax. Tune into this fun episode featuring some of the best in geek entertainment, BGN is international and heard all over the world. BGN is everywhere. Jamie Brodnaxがお届けする 略してBGN Nerd
0: black girl nerds welcome to this episode of the black girl nerds podcast my name is jamie i am your host this is episode 55 trollando and nerds of prey so trollando you may have heard of the name you may not have but it was coined by famed film and tv actor lando jones Orlando joined us on the podcast to talk about his career. He's more than just an actor. He's a producer, he's a writer, and he has launched a digital studio called Legion of Creatives. So we chat about that as well as his life on Twitter. And I'm joined by amazing co-hosts, Cynthia and Connie. And then in segment two is Nerds of Prey. So Nerds of Prey is a brand new podcast that is scheduled to launch very soon keep your eyes peeled for that one, that's led by four black women, Lauren Warren, Shannon Miller, CG, and Mel Perez. And they talk about everything from video games to comics to things that are very relevant in geek culture. So we chat about who they want to have as their next guest, what they're looking for in terms of content, and why this space was created. So keep your eyes open and your ears open as well, I should say, since it is a podcast for the Nerds of Prey. We're going to give you all of their social media shout outs and where you can find them on the web. So again, episode 55, Trollando and Nerds of Prey. I hope you guys like this one. BGM podcast coming at you. Cynthia is a writer, actress, and professional daydreamer born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. If she's not too busy writing stories, pledging Electro Beta, reading a great book, jamming with intensity to her favorite Spotify playlists, and, or, of course, daydreaming, you can find her on Twitter, spoon-feeding her inner thoughts to the masses. Connie is an aspiring TV writer who would like to see more nerds of color on TV. She has a blog called constarstudiestv.wordpress.com, or you can follow her on Twitter at constar24. Orlando Jones began his Hollywood career at 19 writing on NBC's A Different World, Fox's Martin, starring Martin Lawrence, and writing and producing Fox's Rock Live, starring Charles Dutton. Orlando later combined his writing and acting talents when he was handpicked by Quincy Jones to join Fox's 14 year long sketch comedy franchise, Mad TV. Just a quick production note on episode 55 of the Black Girl Nerds podcast with Orlando Jones. Mr. Jones was on a mobile hotspot during our interview, so there are significant portions where the audio fades in and out, and it sounds a little bit staticky. Some brownouts happening through Skype, so do apologize that the audio was compromised a little bit in the interview, uh, but for the most part, you can hear it just fine. You understand what's being said. It's not the best quality, but it's sufficient enough to be able to keep it in the final cut of this podcast. So, again, apologies for the audio, and thanks again for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to this segment of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host. Tonight, we have a special celebrity guest with us and two amazing co-hosts, co-hosts Connie and Cynthia, along with the one, the only, the incomparable... Orlando Jones with us tonight. Thank you, Orlando, for coming on to our podcast.
2: Thank you guys for having me. What's going on? Happy New Year. We're (laughs) back in with you. Happy New Year to
0: you too. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to get started by asking you, you recently at the end of last year, you wrote this very compelling article on the Huffington Post about your career in the industry and how you want to support the next generation of Ava DuVernay's and Ryan Coogler's, which I found very fascinating. Can you tell us more about the digital studio that you've launched called Legion of Creatives and what's your mission behind that?
2: I think it's really simple. We're artists or storytellers or whatever the term that's in fashion today is. But ultimately, we don't own anything. And that's problematic when you have had a very successful career and still find yourself having to ask for permission to do the thing that you've already proven you know how to do. And to find yourself in a scenario wherein the lion's share of your work, that legacy doesn't carry on to your family. So the success that you see of I Love Lucy and the fact that it's still on television 75 years later and people still know who Lucille Ball is, Mm. but does her does her family get any of that money
3: right right
2: does any of the cast uh, Did any of their families participate in that amount of wealth that their their direct descendants were a part of creating? So Legion of Creators to me is about helping storytellers tell stories and today technology makes that an, an entirely different playing field than it was before and the digital universe makes it an entirely different playing field. So there have been two seismic shifts that have happened where now a television screen or a movie studio is not the first portal you look at all day. You're your phone is number one, hands down. Everybody knows it. And that's your primary viewing portal. So why don't you have access to top-notch content there all day long? Well, you will. And that's going to be a crazy shift. And then you'll just transfer that content to whatever size screen you want to transfer it to. But it'll be available to you in that way. And so that's where we're going with this. So if we're still talking about, man, I really hope you know the studio makes my movie and you can make a movie with an iPhone, then you're not even trying Mm -hmm. I mean, because that's where we are, you know, people say, oh, YouTube famous. What does that mean? That means that person has built an audience on YouTube. Good for them. Right. They are, they're transacting. They've built a brand out of nothingness that has validity, no matter what anybody says, because it pays them X number of thousands of dollars a month. Mm -hmm. I know tons of actors who are very talented, who are not making any money right now. Mm -hmm. So that's what Legion of Creatives is. That's its mission, right? We are a legion of creatives. It's that simple.
0: And how can we make that shift? Because you bring up some very excellent points. YouTube, Twitter, we're (laughs) providing all of this content on platforms that we don't own. Many of these platforms that are staffed by owners are very white, not diverse at all. And many of the folks that are sharing this content and providing entertainment in these streams are people of color. So how, as we have You know, as people of color in the digital age, continue to create our content through blogging, podcasting, YouTube, and get some notoriety for our work, but also be able to monetize it?
2: Well, look, I think the question is exactly that and the person whose job it is to answer that question is you right. because you need to figure out what your demo is and what your audience likes about you and responds to and and right. what they don't you need to learn more about the people that you're talking to and then you guys need to make an agreement about what your services are worth to them in their lives mm. that's that's essentially what it is right so yeah. and if you include your audience in the conversation right. it's easier to level set right Right? Because they're the most important IP. They are the number one intellectual property of interest. Mm-hmm. And I submit to you that if you only have 10,000 hardcore fans that are willing to give you $25 a year for your services, you're in a $250,000 a year business. Yeah, right.
3: It's very true. Well, I don't
2: understand what asking for permission is for. All I don't right. know why gatekeepers are even important anymore. Like, who cares?
0: Mm, amen to that.
2: I mean, once yeah. you build an audience that's big enough, the gatekeepers will come to you and say, hey, we think we can make this even more successful and we buy it from you and then you'll make the deal you want to make so what are we complaining about
3: Mm -hmm. definitely something that we as creatives need to keep in mind is if we are going to create this content we need to make sure that we surround ourselves with people that are all about doing the same thing but if there's one thing that is also intriguing it's making sure that you have a certain team that sees eye to eye with you is that something that you in the advertising industry and in the entertainment industry you've ever had a problem with
2: always tricky putting together the infrastructure to build something, right? Right. Um, you need certain types of people, and those people are difficult to find. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the great failings, you know, at least of the generation of artists that I'm a part of, we fail to leave a roadmap as to how to get to where we got to for others to follow.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: And I think that's why it's so tricky. And so I'm trying to answer your question to answer in a specific way to say, there are a thousand things to trip you up along the way in this game. Mm-hmm. But the thing you've got to keep your eye on the prize with is you've got to tell your story. Right. Because that's the story you know best. And the more honestly and rawly you tell it, often the more it's received because people appreciate the heartbreak and the, and the triumph, right? Because it mirrors their own lives and there's a real connection and that's how you build a community. And ultimately, being an artist is a lot about building a community. Right. You know? It's about what connects us, not about what tears us apart. So I think as long as we keep our eyes focused on that, but at the same time, keep our eyes equally focused on our business, but our importance to the community and the community to us that it's a relationship, then I think we'll be better stewards. But right now, the conversation is consistently about money or the conversation is about lack thereof. And all of that is very, very true. I'm just focused now on trying to put my efforts into how all of us can connect together to change that because there are enough of us, there's a network, we're here. I'm thinking that maybe what we should be doing is talking to each other Mm -hmm. and seeing how we can build mutually beneficial relationships to achieve our goals together. And I think that's exciting, right? Right. And I think social media gives us that opportunity to talk about things like that Mm -hmm. and to build entertainment that speaks to that audience, and Legion of Creatives is just a way to welcome any part of the creative community to join us in that venue. Now, we are not a studio that you're going to pitch ideas to, and we're going to greenlight your ideas.
3: Right. We are about
2: what you have built.
3: Okay.
2: We are looking to see your brand. We are looking at the pedigree of your brand. What business have you built?
3: Wow. And what
2: story have you told with that business? And mm-hmm. and how can we now work together in order to grow your business and the business of the other legions of artists that we work with? That's what it's for. And so I think of it as, you know, it's a place to come tell stories, but you need to build a business. I mean, I'm not anointing people. That seems crazy to me. <laughs> right. But, you know, I'm working with so many social media influencers and people who had built huge followings and they can't seem to find a home in the Hollywood system, but right. you know, right. we're having a great time telling stories together. I mean, I, that's how I ended up working with Joe Pinna and his first short film, Meridian. He was a YouTuber, and his company, Big Frame, sold for $25 million to DreamWorks.
4: Wow. wow. So,
2: you know, Joe Pena is a YouTuber, a Brazilian kid, extremely smart, makes really cool musical videos. And we did a short film together three years ago. So the exciting part about working with someone like him is that he didn't come from the same universe that I'm generally a part of. It's all the music video director or the commercial director and then the movie director and what have you. So it's exciting to me to be able to work with people like him and, and see those kind of outcomes happen. That's dope. It's dope. And not that I had anything to do with his deal. That was all him. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, I just identified that he was a dope artist and that I wanted to work with him. And the fact that he was a YouTuber wasn't important. But I in no way engineered that that deal. <laughs> Just to, to be clear. Just, just so sort for of clarity, you understand? I don't want people saying <laughs> I just representing myself, you understand?
0: Otherwise we would need Orlando in the room for all of those deals going forward if you were <laughs> able to negotiate
5: uh, <laughs> that <Mm-mm. laughs>
0: Now, are these primarily filmmakers that you focus on with Legion of Creatives, or are you looking for other kinds of content creators?
2: Uh, no, we were working with Bob Orsi and I are working together, which is always fun because he, you know, not only created Sleepy Hollow, but you know Transformers and you know Iron Man, now You See Me and Ender's Game, and you know has really been a huge franchise creator. But at the same time, working with Nicole Lappin, who has a New York Times bestselling book called Rich Bitch. Um
4: <laughs>
3: love
2: it. All. Um, so you know, different people, some some a, a number of viners, some Instagram artists, you know, various artists who build really interesting businesses, a number of music nice. to tell stories we're launching two digital networks for A B C so that's a huge part of what our focus is right now, along with obviously the originals part of our business. And we're you know, we're releasing stuff this year. So it's an exciting time because it's not the idea for a business. It's a business that's already up and running. I actually announced *Legion of Creatives the day I left Sleepy Hollow. Oh
5: wow clap okay. back <laughs>
2: So if it's not a 2015 idea, it's really something that,
5: you know, In the works.
1: it was something I wanted.
2: You know, I had a mm-hmm. great time on that show, but this was more important to me.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and, you know, it's exciting to have it be so successful so quickly.
3: That's cool. That is. Yes. Do you, it, do you ever find it difficult going from working for a studio or working for people to venturing into your own business to a point where you are the boss? You're the one calling the shots, so to speak. I would
2: say the following. As an artist, my business doesn't scale, right?
4: Mm -hmm.
2: We're all similar. There's only one of us, and we can't be in two places at once. Right. Mm -hmm. They can make more iPhones. (laughs) (laughs) So... Because of that, we have a problem. We have to maximize our time, and we have to maximize the amount of money we make with our time. Okay. Because our time is all we have. Where we are, we're either making money or we're losing money in that spot. Wow. Yeah. So once you realize that that is your business, you realize you're working for you and you only the entire time. And now the question is, when you Google yourself, does the brand that you want people to see come up? Right. Right. Good point. And if it doesn't, then you have some work to do because people are not meeting the person that you want them to meet when they first meet you. And most people are going to Google you and see how you come up. And how you come up there is who you are.
3: Right. True.
2: So something as simple as the right type of photo shoot, the right presentation, a video, introducing yourself on platforms, all things are free and can be done with a Mac computer and the proper lighting. You can put yourself together and put yourself out there as good as anybody on television right now. Now in your living room right
4: mm-hmm. i
2: mean you might not have all of the wrappings but i see youtube videos that look beautiful
4: mm-hmm.
2: It's no excuse and it's all about okay. the story <laughs> so put your story together now and lay it out there And when people google you they'll meet that story in your words the
0: exact one you want them to hear and make sure that seo is on point so that way you rank <laughs> first in google Girl.
4: yeah <laughs> Testify. That's what <laughs> well, the people with your same name, make sure they're not, you know, out here in these streets. <laughs> well, you know, when I, when I realized that, I, it was a really, to me, an important discovery
2: that after I'd done all these movies and shows, you know, Drumline and Replacements and yeah. Evolution and Time Machine and, you know, and this sort of laundry list of films or shows or mad TV that people now consider are classics or iconic. But no one knew who I was. Right. They knew who those characters were.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Most
2: people still don't know me.
3: Really? That's... Not at all. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. We, we
2: like exist in the same social media world. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you know me because you're around when I'm saying a lot of stuff. But most yeah. people shocked to hear the things I say.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had told someone that I was going to be doing this, and they were like, "I." Right. And I was like, "Drumline," drum and then they got it. There's an extra level of name recognition. Yeah, is, yeah. That
2: isn't always there. And but we're all on the is, same surface. it's circle. entirely by demo, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And everybody thinks that what they think is what it is, but I'm looking at demos seventy to 16, 70 to ten. That's how wide my demo is. Hmm. So for me, it's hilarious because 25 and up is my bread and butter. Right. But 40 and over is not.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm scatter shooting through 40 up.
0: <laughs> so you're
4: not really with the CBS crowd.
0: See, <laughs> that surprises know. me because of Mad TV. Most of the Mad yeah, TV viewers missed, are
4: in that range. That was 20 years ago. They totally
2: missed that.
0: Yeah. And mm-hmm. plus, that. is not what it used
2: to be. They found mad on cable after the fact. Mm, mm-hmm. I so didn't watch movies for seven years. And when mm-hmm. I wasn't doing that, I was doing a television show and I wasn't doing that. I wrote one of the biggest ad campaigns of all time, 7-Up. Mm-hmm. I was inescapable on multiple demos. There was no way to escape. It's true. It's true. And I did that through their childhood and through their teen years. Yeah. So in their world, I am a superstar. Mm-hmm. And they don't give a fuck what their parents have to say. <laughs> and it's a hilarious position for me to be in because they don't think I'm as old as I am.
0: I, That's true. And don't, and don't you get mistaken for Tyler James Williams?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. I was a little boy when everybody hates Chris three times a day already, okay? <laughs>
0: y'all do kind hey, of
3: look like ain't light, you the little boy everybody hates Chris ain't that you
2: I'm a full grown man you hear me I'm drunk and did not have sex with that boy's mother <laughs> Every little bug eyed black boy you see on TV don't belong to me. You know what
0: I'm,
2: oh, no. I'm start. Oh, my, my mama called me talking about oh, Orlando no. tell the truth. I was like, Are oh, you oh, serious? My mom, my mom was trying to put me on Mari Povich over that boy.
4: <laughs> She's just trying to expand your brand, that's all. <laughs> I
2: ain't even talking to y'all right now. <laughs> By the way, we are the number two minority. We used to be the number one minority.
3: Really? What's number one? Latinos. Latinos, yeah. Really?
0: Yeah.
2: Yes, we are 12%. They are 16 and growing.
0: Yeah, I remember that, I think it was when I was, it was an undergrad, hearing that Latinos will be the number one demographic by 2010. So, Yep. Yeah.
2: Oh. they are number one so what you doing to get us back at number one that's the real
4: <laughs> that's the
3: real that's amazing who has stepping Now Huh? Mm. <laughs> there we go Orlando, mm-hmm. I have a question because yes. I'm kind of blown away, especially by your resume. I think it's awesome that you worked in advertising and you also worked in the entertainment industry. And just from how we're speaking today, the way that you combine the two is amazing. But what's also really amazing is just the fact that your hustle is ridiculous.
4: All mm-hmm.
3: right. So. What's one thing that you've learned as you grew in both advertising and entertainment about the hustle, especially when you have to incorporate self-care to make sure that you are doing whatever it is that you need to do while keeping your mental in check in the industry like Hollywood?
2: The first thing to remember is nobody cares about your problems because nobody Mm -hmm. cares about you.
4: Mm.
2: You're the Eiffel Tower. They come take a picture with you to show to their friends. Mm. Right. Now, I am a fan, a complete and utter fan. That's how I got here. Right. That's where it all started. So there are people who see fans like that, and there are people who see fans like I do. I see fans as just like me, comrade. I remember when I was like, I want to do that. That's awesome. <laughs> right? Like, that's how I wound up in this business. I was captivated. I was blown away. I was in the story world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I see this community of people where they're a fan, I'm a fan, and our artistry is irrelevant, really. It's more that this is something we both love, so it's so exciting to be able to talk to each other about whatever the hell it is, right? Right. I mean, that's what football fans do. That's what basketball fans do. I mean, all time, ta- gaming people, I mean, choose your thing. Foodies, then we talk about food all day. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I'm just saying, like, whatever your shit is, this is my shit. <laughs> <laughs> So for me, it's really exciting. So I, it, some some people are uncomfortable with that type of relationship with fans.
4: Why do you think that is? What is the the sort of rift <laughs> between the fan girl mentality and then creatives and executives who sort of look down on that? Well, fan the, base.
2: What I would say is this: forgetting the the middleman for a second. Mm-hmm. some artists some actors writers singers what have you chefs are temperamental people who might not have the social graces that we would like them to have
3: mm-hmm. true
2: not their fault their circumstances are their circumstances is right. what it is mm-hmm. so some people are not comfortable with one-on-one interaction with multiple people
4: mm-hmm. right.
2: they're not comfortable with the excitement that happens and people like like oh, oh my god like you get all types <laughs> of things you know what I mean like Some people that rattles them. Yeah. Okay. And I can understand you know, depending on the demo that you appealed to, what that must be like, right? Because <laughs> if you were appealing to a certain demo, then it tends to be that's who's hollering at you on the street. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of variables to be trying to be figuring out when you talk about different people responding to different things, different ways, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Right. right.
2: That's what we're really dealing with here. Hmm. I just so happen to be of the type of personality. I'm from the South. It was really <laughs> easy to <laughs> me always.
4: Right, yeah. Because
2: I watched my granddaddy do this. I watched my great granddaddy do this. <laughs> in the sense that they just would, you know, they had a gift of gab. They were them dudes. They were funny. They were just, you know. Yeah, everybody talking to everybody on the street. Thing. Yeah, you know. So the number one thing to remember, having said all of those things, is still that you're your brand. It's just you. Mm-hmm. Put your best foot forward at all times. Be mindful that social media is a permanent record.
4: <laughs> yes. Uh-
2: Yep. (laughs) Even when you delete it. (laughs) You can never get the toothpaste back into the tube. Nope. (laughs) So do not do things on this very public forum that your great grandmother would have a problem with. <laughs> and if you do, you better have built a brand so people understand what you're doing and so that there's a community to go, no, 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 no. That's not what he meant. Trust me, that ain't what he meant. What he meant this <laughs> is hashtag Trollando.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Trollando. How did you miss that part? <laughs>
0: Well, you know what? Speaking of Trolando, because you're very engaged on social media with your fans through Twitter. How do you balance, because you're, you're vocal about everything from fandom culture to social justice issues. How do you balance the social justice movements that you foster online with your work as well as the work that you do as an entertainer? behind that brand and you've used the term, you've coined it for yourself, Trollando. First of all, how did that come about? And and how do you how do you create that balance? Well,
2: back to our earlier part of the conversation, I realized that there was no record of who I was.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm not the guy from the replacements. I'm not the guy from Revolution. I'm not the guy from the Seven Up commercial. What legacy do I leave my daughter? That one?
3: Right.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, That's not a legacy. (laughs) Who was, who is her father? What is important to him? Where does he stand? I mean, if if I wish for her to have anything, it's the understanding of the importance and significance of integrity. Yeah. And then we might falter, and we will falter. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. You know, it's like you might not get a hundred all the time, but you can try for ninety-five. Shit, why not? Try for <laughs> right. seventy-five, but just don't tell me thirty's okay.
4: <laughs> right. You know, I mean,
2: this is grandmama stuff. Boy, it's a hundred points <laughs> on the tip. You got two points, and I'm supposed to call you a genius. You better sit your black ass down
4: right
2: now. Most of these children is getting a 70% or better. You came in here with a 2% set your black ass down right now. (laughs) So for me, the only issue I care about at large is human rights. So I don't see myself as a member of any social justice movements. I see myself as someone who is fighting for something that I think is really important because I don't believe there's a such thing as civil rights or women's rights or gay rights. There's just human rights. Yeah. And they should all be the same. Mm-hmm. Done. Right. Problem solved. <laughs> hey, equal bullshit gone right now. No, 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 no. I know you're transacting off of it. I get that part. But if you really believe it, hey, So that's the battle, right, Mm -hmm. that gender alone controls control so much of the wealth. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Voices are voices, but I'm talking about wealth. <laughs> yep. Again, I think that those things are important to consider and I don't see myself as any sort of revolutionary or anything, but I do think that's something important to know about a person. I mean, if you're going to choose to you know, follow them or have some respect for them, I mean, that's something I look for <laughs> in a person is integrity. You know, somebody who says what they mean means what they say. And I try and do that. And I've, mm-hmm. you know, I've tried to, to always keep an even temper and what well what What have you? And you know, I've been wrong. I've made mistakes. I try and call them out as quickly as I can, and be as human as I can, because that's what I am. But by the same token, I think it's important for you to tell your story. And that's what social media is for, for me to tell my story. And I, I try and keep it as light and stupid and fun and as enjoyable at <laughs> all times. But, and, and, and here's the thing, and I'll shut up about it. What really got me was what an asshole I was. Because yeah. they were killing people in Tiananmen Square, and they were shooting people in Bahrain. And, you know, there were people of color dying all over the world, and they killed two black dudes. And I was like, this shit must stop today.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right, right,
2: right. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you mother yeah, I had all type of attitude and I'm like you know what dude people of color have been dying around the globe and you are mighty quiet to be so loud
3: right now Mm. right, Mm. right, that's a good self check you
2: you, dude, you the one you was the one, you was real quiet about things Right. Mm -hmm. if you really care if you really think, whoa, what? That's fucked up, yo. Then say that. Always, yeah, for all of us. The- and stand on that. Mm-hmm. And if, look, if circumstances disprove you, look at the data. These impassioned arguments. I'm a scientist, madam. You must present me with the numbers. I was a chemistry major. Engineering, numbers. Where is information? So, that's what I do on social media. I try and have as much fun as possible. I try and be as honest as possible. I try to literally keep it 100. You do. And yeah. I and I hope that people come and enjoy it because most of the time, it's just a party going on and I'm about to amp that party up this year. <laughs> you do
3: you it. amp it so up. You
2: do. I'm going to amp the party up. It's been Getting real, real clubbish up in here real soon. <laughs> I'm excited about that, and and that's been the most fun thing about social media is meeting people like you guys and really being, you know, and going to hang out at Comic-Con and whatnot and being like, yes. we are all in the club bumping to the same foolishness, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> I would like gender. to have that. Like, wouldn't it be dope to go to cons and that was a vibe?
3: Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Right?
2: Could you imagine what cons would be like? HBCU freaknik in the bitch <laughs> <laughs> the, Afro
3: Fest on. Oh, yes. Yes. the Afro Future Festival felt like that at Comic-Con. Yes. It felt like family reunion, which was just a taste of what's more to come for people of color involved in this. I yeah. want to
2: do that. That's part of why I made Absolutely. Tainted Love. Absolutely. Tainted Love was about everybody loves something they're not supposed to. And I wanted a real nasty, grungy, fun, musical comic book that we could just vibe in. Make it a scene.
0: Are you going to do more with, because you, you did Tainted Love, a uh, graphic novel, which was awesome. Are you going to dive more into the comic book world? Um,
2: always both sides of that world. I mean, for me, it's just story building more than anything else. And the medium you're choosing is about, is it true to it? So for me, Tainted Love is a graphic novel. Uh-huh. It's just, if I was going to make a graphic novel today, I wouldn't draw it on paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I made Tainted Love as my graphic novel. Yeah. And so now after having made the graphic novel, all the fun happens. <laughs> <laughs> I so, agree. you know, because the the most tricky part is to just sort of get the world down and the vibe and what it smells like, you know, all the all the sort of colors. And then what I was trying to do, technology couldn't do. And now technology can do it. So mm-hmm. I'm super excited about what I'm about. To be able to do with it.
3: You can't tell us, can you? I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it.
2: But, but I will tell I can tell you this much. Okay. In the next iteration, the comic book world will actually be in 3D real life and also in drawn form at the same time.
3: Zam. Yes. That. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. So <laughs> the animation phases then can be sequenced as to as raw or as completely full-blown as I want it in terms right. of 3D. I love so that you
3: as you want it. That's beautiful.
2: Yeah, uh, I want to be in a virtual world, and I want you to be able to interact in Tainted Love as a virtual world. You go right. into the convenience store and have your experience. Oh, wow.
0: That's
3: awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> will you come that's back the... when you when that project is, is done? Will you come back and talk to us about it? Oh, because... Okay.
3: Really, though? Like,
1: okay. That's how it's playing right like, now. That's how it's playing. It's almost like that? Yes, okay.
4: Dang. <laughs> well, <laughs> I love that. I'm oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I just love how you lead by example, because a lot of the stories that we've just heard from you and a lot of the stories we've read about you you just prove exactly what you've been telling us about creating your own content you had a production company when you were a teenager and you were into advertising and you just went out and did it and what you just said about tainted love is great because it's like you put it out there anyway even though it wasn't fully the form that you wanted and now that the technology exists you're gonna go back and make it what it is that you wanted so it's just a great literal lesson of like seeing you do it it's just like just get the story out there and then when you Get the opportunity to fully put it together. You can always change it later and fix it later to the perfect vision. Absolutely, absolutely. There's only one way to
2: run. You got to put one foot in front of the other. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's
4: right.
2: You must take a step. <laughs> you will start off walking. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> and there'll be times that you'll slow down and such, but you can never forget this is a run. Mm-hmm.
4: Right.
2: Look, man, nobody cares about your little problems. They <laughs> <I> don't. <laughs> true. You know, they don't, yo. They try, but they don't because they got their own problems, <laughs> you know? My, my great-grandma used to beat that into my head. Mm. Every time I would complain, my great-grandma would say, boy, don't nobody care about your little problems.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> she, she, said, so I mean, she said it to me to death.
3: <laughs> it keeps you humble, keeps family. you humble.
2: I got her voice in my head forever, but, but you know, there was a lot of truth in it. She was like, if that's what you came here to do, everybody can do that. That ain't special, that's typical. So if we're trying to be special, you might want to leave that off the resume. <laughs> right, I'm, right, yep. And I'm like, wow, I mean, you know, I got raised by that group of black women, okay? <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> Daisy Mae Cowan, Zeo for Maddie Jones. Those are some <laughs> southern Disney names Pettis right there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And Dolly May Miss Dolly May Pettis didn't play with it. Do you understand me? <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome. That is. Orlando, uh-huh. thank you so much for coming on our show tonight. I really, really appreciate it. And and just thank you for, you know, not only walking the walk, but talking the talk when it comes to supporting independent content creators you've been such a huge supporter of black girl nerds and from coming out to our meetup at new york comic con to coming out to talking to us on this podcast i really appreciate your support um there's definitely not enough gratitude in the world for me to be able to fill up enough thank yous for for just being able to be by our side and letting us know that you're there as a supporter of this platform. So thank you.
2: You have nothing to thank me for. And I'm going to tell you for the last time, y'all don't owe me a damn thing. You are <laughs> here because you deserve to be here. That's it. No other reason. I ain't nobody special. Kiss my black ass.
4: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: and word on.
4: <laughs>
3: Perfect. Perfect. <laughs>
0: Awesome! Thank you so much. I appreciate your time tonight. So- this was great.
2: So anytime, man, anytime. Much love, ladies. Stay in touch, yo.
0: Okay. Happy New Year! Bye bye. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. The BGM podcast will be right back after this brief message. Recently, I decided to change my web hosting service. I was previously with Bluehost. I had a lot of issues with Bluehost. The speed was very slow. And whenever I would contact customer service, I would be on the phone forever in a day. And whenever I had some various WordPress questions, they weren't able to assist me the way I wanted to. So I finally decided to switch hosts. I'm now with SiteGround. First of all, my site runs 10 times faster than it was with Bluehost. Second of all, I have 24 7 customer support. Now, Bluehost offered the same thing, but the difference with SiteGround is you're not on hold forever when you speak to somebody over the phone, or if you wanted to do a live chat with someone, you're not waiting in the queue forever. They're very fast, they're very efficient. And they follow up with you just to make sure your problem was resolved. And I really appreciate that as a customer. So make sure you check out SiteGround. Right now, they're offering hosting plans for as low as $3.95 a month. That is a huge bargain. And check out the SiteGround link on the summary page for this podcast episode. Take advantage if you really want to get great service through SiteGround. It's one of the best hosting companies I've had a relationship with, and I am so happy with their service. I'm finally glad that I have a website that's faster, safer, and better supported than anywhere else. Nerds of Prey is a bi-weekly podcast hosted by four Black women, Shannon, CG, Lauren, and Mel. Mel who were in search of a place where they could listen to women like them discuss comics, video games, and all things wonderfully nerdy. Shannon is a writer and emerging comic book nerd who currently resides in Florida. She occasionally broadcasts her thoughts regarding feminism and representation in media on her blog, Televised Lady Bits. You may come across some of her writing on Bitch Flicks, Black Girl Nerds, Hashtag Feminism, or Femsplain. Shannon is raising a far-too-cool three-year-old daughter with the greatest nerd she knows, her husband. Lauren is a Virginia native currently residing in the Canadian Tundra. Lauren is a pop culture Netflix, Pinterest, and Twitter junkie, a video game enthusiast since age five, and an advocate for diversity in all mediums of entertainment. Armed with a screenwriting degree, she enjoys creating worlds far more interesting and action-packed than her own. And aspires to create more diverse TV, film, video game, and web content. Mel Perez is a librarian by trade and a lifelong nerd and crafter. She enjoys strange ocean creatures, 80s fantasy, comic books, and nice fabric. CG is a writer, blogger, and professional fangirl from New Jersey. Since starting her blog, Black Girl in Media, she's gone on to write for sites such as Hey Panels, The Mary Sue, and starting hashtag diverse SFF, a hashtag to talk about diversity within the sci fi fantasy speculative fiction community. Thank you for tuning in. This is very exciting. We are doing an exclusive of a new podcast that is coming up soon. And I wanted to give you guys, the listeners, an opportunity to get yourselves prepared to listen to this great new show that's coming up featuring four excellent women who I admire, who I've worked with, and who I adore. And the name of the podcast is called Nerds of Prey. The women that lead that podcast that are hosting are Shannon, CG, Lauren, and Mel. And they're here to talk to us tonight about Nerds of Prey. Thank you, ladies, for coming on the show tonight.
6: Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah, so excited. Very much so. So First of all, I want you guys to have the opportunity to introduce yourselves to our audience. So we'll start in that order. Shannon, CG, Lauren, and Mel, just give us a brief background about who you are, what got you into the nerd subculture, if you will, and what got you interested in podcasting.
6: Well, I'm Shannon. I am a writer, and I like to call myself an emerging nerd. I was kind of a late-blooming nerd leaning into that identity in my 20s. I was ushered into nerddom by my husband, even though I was always an underlying nerd in other areas like theater. But now I'm extremely into comics, especially those that come out of Image and Boom Studios, kind of the, the newer stories coming out. And my appreciation for podcasts is fairly new. And after searching for a really, really specific type of podcast and not really finding what I was looking for, I got together with these girls and here we are.
0: Excellent.
5: Hi. So I'm CG. I'm a writer by trade and a blogger. I started my site, blackgirlinmedia.com, about a year ago. It's been a really crazy year. And on that site, I focus on diversity in nerd culture. So I focus on looking at superhero media, usually, comics, television shows, anime, all that fun stuff that I enjoy. And I like watching and I just kind of talk about it and talk about the ways that we can deconstruct and look at different aspects of our identity like racism and sexism and all that really important stuff through my site. It's been really crazy. I have been to conferences. I've been able to meet with so many other nerdy bloggers that I really admire and I really look up to and I'm just really excited to be part of this podcast and to bring talking about diversity and nerd culture to a new audience.
7: And Lauren. Well, I'm Lauren, writer, gamer, advocate for diversity in all forms of media, especially in you know, television, film, and in gaming. Of course, in a few podcasts with you, Jamie, and apparently you seem to be pretty decent at it. <laughs> you keep asking me to talk and you haven't told me not to, so it must be doing something right. And kind of like what Shannon said, you're looking for something and you can't quite find a podcast that's a combination of all the things that you like. And so one day she just said, hey, would you ladies like to get together and do a podcast of our own? We can sort of combine our talents and all of our interests and put our spend on things and get our voice out there. And I said, sure, I welcome the opportunity. It's a great merger of all of our interests. And I think it's great to carve out a niche especially for women nerdy women my nerddom goes back a long time I guess you could say it started when I started gaming and that was a really really long time ago love reading books and comics and creating stories and worlds of my own so this is a great way to continue that and to get other people involved and interested in all the things that we love excellent
0: and Mel
8: Hi, I am Mel, occasional writer, lover of all things sci-fi fantasy. I have done Jamie's podcast a couple of times, and now that it no longer freaks me out, I am excited about doing this podcast. I would say my nerddom started when I was a kid, because my parents were nerds, even though they wouldn't say that. They were big Star Trek fans. I'm not. (laughs) a big Star Wars fan, and I remember when we were growing up, it was just always fantasy movies, really bad 80s fantasy movies, which I love so much, even though they're awful. That's my thing. That's how I grew up.
0: and, you know, I still have it. Who doesn't love bad '80s fantasy movies? Like, oh my god, let me, talk about- <laughs> let me tell you about my love of Conan. <laughs> oh god, yes, the live Conan. tweet of Conan the Barbarian was epic. I think it was by far the- my favorite '80s live tweet. i sad I
8: missed it. I was out of town, and I was like, no, Conan. Oh, you loved
0: it. Well, you guys bring a lot of diversity to the table. And I'm glad to have been able to podcast with some of you here on the BGM podcast. I want to learn more about Nerds of Prey and how it got started. First of all, who came up with the idea for Nerds of Prey?
7: The name or just the group in general? The group in general. Shannon, was that you? (laughs) Yeah, it, it was. Well, like I said, my
6: interest in podcasts is fairly New. And I had read an article, I believe it was Blavity that put it out about their top 10 podcasts led by black women. A lot of my favorite podcasts were on there, but there wasn't any that really touched on nerd culture specifically. And I was looking for an all black female led podcast that centered around comics mm. because I love comics and I love talking about comics and squeeing about it and, and yelling and crying about it. And I was really hoping that I could find a podcast that would reflect all of that. And as you know, there's a podcast for everything. Nice. So I put the word out that I was looking for suggestions. And I specifically tagged Blacker Nerds, of course, and I tagged Lauren, Mel, and CG, thinking that between this group, someone would be able to suggest something, or at least put the word out that I was looking for this very specific thing. You were all really gracious to retweet it. I just didn't get anything back that I was really looking for. I got a a handful of suggestions that I went and followed up on and I liked, but I came to realize that I was looking for something very, very specific that wasn't quite out there. And I was recognizing a need and kind of hoping that I wouldn't have to fill it because I didn't know anything about podcasting. It was a very daunting undertaking. Mm -hmm. But when I just wasn't getting the feedback that I was looking for, it was becoming glaringly clear that I or someone was going to have to step in and fill this need. And when I was thinking about, okay, whether or not I should do this CG tweeted me, and she was like, "Girl, I'm warming up my voice in case you need me." <laughs> and I was like, "There it is! There, there it is!" And that's what I wanted. And I quickly realized I tagged these girls for a reason. So I quickly got into their DMs and was like, "Do you want to do this with me?" And I was shocked that everyone said yes. I thought I was going to have to really convince or fight, but they came forward and said, "Yeah, we really want to do this." So it's been months of talking and finally shaping the show that. We want. And it's been really great. It's still kind of insane that this is happening, but I'm really glad that it
0: is. I am too. I think you're absolutely right about the lack of podcasters or black women in this particular subculture of nerds that are into comic books. And even though there are comic book podcasters out there, certainly I don't know of any that are led by black women and that talk about comics that feature black female characters or even black artists, writers and editors. So I am very grateful that this podcast is coming up. Mel, tell us a little bit about what we can expect from Nerds of Prey.
8: Okay, you can expect each episode we'll have an in-depth discussion on a main topic for that show. We'll talk a little bit about our own interests, whether that's comic books, video games, anime, and usually recommend something that we're really into at that moment and talk about what's happening new in geek culture. Any news, anything that, you know, people are talking about on Twitter, we'll give our
0: take on it. And Lauren, do you have a dream guest? Do you have a list of people that you really would like to interview and bring on the podcast to have various discussions
7: Whoever is willing to sort of come on and just share their love of whatever it is we're talking about. I mean, you know, anyone from the comics arena, Regine Sawyer, if we want to get some artists in, maybe some game developers from my side or, you know, the entertainment industry side, you know, just getting people who advocate for diversity, who are, you know, just supportive of blurred culture, nerd culture in general, and just would like to see it move forward and make it accessible to everyone. You said John Boyega, I would love to have <laughs> more writers, screenwriters, and it just just, just mm. the list is long you know and we're still sort of crafting it because of course it's based on the direction our conversations are taking but I just remember John Boyega coming up quite a bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and now I'm drawing a blank on everyone else because I'm, I'm like scrolling through and it's Boyega 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 <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know ladies who would you say is like one of your like I could think of a few maybe writers screenwriters or maybe even a director or two that I'd like to see mm. but who would you guys want to see aside from Boyega and Oscar Isaac, you can't say those two.
6: Those are. I, I really want anyone at an executive level Mm -hmm. in in Hollywood that can kind of explain some things to me because I have a lot of questions.
7: We have questions. Yes, we do. We have a
6: ton of questions. I also said like anyone from Walking Dead has an open door. Now you invitation. know it's not just anyone. You
7: know you want one person in particular. Come on, just yeah. Ask. You can't just say it's, anyone because I yeah. mean, if that's the case, we can just get like an extra who's a walker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, you have to be specific now.
6: An extra is welcome, but if they are friends with Stephen Yin mm-hmm. or Yun, that would be oh God. Yes. Beneficial. <laughs>
4: <He> just- <laughs> Christian. Steve, Stephen
6: Young, Stephen Young. Listen, deny Guerrero. Deny. Yes, right.
4: deny. No.
6: Saniquea Martin Green, yeah. Christian Serratos. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I really genuinely want Christian Serratos to come on just so I can vomit my love of Rosita <laughs> all
7: over an episode
6: for a little bit because
7: that sounds inviting. <laughs> <'Cause> that sounds... <laughs>
6: I really, really just want to show my appreciation for her. I think she's a really underrated character in both the comics and the show. So I would love to have her on and let her know that I appreciate her greatly. But yeah, my dream list has a few people that I follow on Twitter, but it is mostly
0: Walking Dead cast. Maybe we can hook you up with Theatis Crane. Theatis Crane was on the BGM podcast and he played Big Tiny on The Walking Dead. So I mean... (laughs) Please, please do it. Yeah. Anyone. Yeah. And he still follows and communicates with us on Twitter. So that would be a great start to one of many cast members on The Walking Dead. There you go. Merry Christmas, Shannon. Merry Christmas. Yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yay! How about you, CG? Do you have any dream guests that you're interested in? Oh, man. I... (laughs) I really want to have Amandala
5: Steinberg on. I have the biggest girl crush on her. I just think she's amazing and yeah. everything that she does, she's so cool. She's so much cooler than me. I think she's like my number one dream guest. But really, <laughs> like Shannon was saying, I have a lot of amazing followers and people that I admire online that are in the nerd culture community that I would love to have on. And just really using our voices to spotlight new talent and people that are doing Great work in your culture and should be spotlighted and should be recognized. I think that's really important. And that's something that I
0: personally want to try to move forward with. Awesome. Now, Lauren, what is the format of this show going to be? Is it a one hour podcast, 30 minutes longer? Is it a weekly, bi weekly? Give us the details of the structure of these episodes.
7: For right now, I think we've settled on an hour, bi-weekly format. You'll be able to download it from SoundCloud or Stitcher, and we'll try to keep it at an hour. Our conversations have a tendency to be quite lively. (laughs) Or usually. If you're commuting, you can listen to it in the car. If you're stuck in traffic, you can listen to all of it. You know, I think we're settling down on about an hour, bi-weekly. Everyone sort of gets a turn to have their own specialty featured in each episode, so maybe one will be comic-specific, one will be walking dead specific one will be gaming specific one will be writing specific but yeah looking at about an hour bi-weekly on stitcher on soundcloud accessible anytime
0: that's excellent when will the podcast launch
6: we are working towards a beginning of February premiere date. It'll be available on Thursdays. We're aiming towards the first Thursday of February to premiere. You can check back on nerdsofpreypodcast.com for more updates as we roll along.
0: Excellent. Well, first of all, I just want to say this is much needed and I really thank you guys for putting this together and actually doing it. There's so many occasions where we have these kinds of conversations and we were like, wouldn't it be nice if we put together this? Wouldn't it be nice Mm -hmm. if we could see that? And nobody actually does the work and you four have gotten together to actually put together this podcast and I look forward to listening to it. I do plan to subscribe. I do plan to follow and tweet. Let us know for the listeners, the streams, the website, any contact information. If you're on social media, where we can find you for the new Nerds of Prey podcast. Well, as I mentioned before, you can go to com for updates,
6: blog posts, and episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at Nerds of Prey Cast. Find us on Facebook on the Nerds of Prey fan page. And if you have any questions, anything that you want to hear on the show, you can email us at Podcast at com. Awesome.
0: Any final thoughts? Last thoughts? Any shout outs? I want to give one to John Boyega. And- <laughs> We are really thirsting to- hard for him to come on this show. Please, John Boyega, go to Nerdy Pray. The
7: paper? He's one up, of us. That's it. Big up to Regina King. Big yes. up to Viola Davis. <laughs> 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 Big up to all the people
8: we want to win tonight. Oh, yeah. yeah the Golden
0: Globes. Yes. Yeah. Golden uh, Globes premiere yeah. Sunday yeah. night. We are recording this on a Sunday, so that will be premiering shortly. Yeah. yeah. Sunday, so premiering shortly. yeah. 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 Steve Young. Holla at your girl. Oh, I love Oh, him. yes. Maybe the, maybe the Fambros team can coordinate something with you guys, because Fambros had a chance to interview them at New York Comic Con. Maybe there can be a connection there. We got to get... Get these guests on your show like we got to figure out how all to of get them these
6: folks. <laughs> all of them every single one
0: yes. and then once Rami's on your show just let him know that I want to marry him and have 10,000 of his babies and
6: <laughs> I <laughs> I wholly <laughs> appreciate I really really appreciate how this turned into a thirst trap I, I
0: just, <laughs> as it should be as it, I
7: i fully in support of this. Is it a thirst trap stanky- or just an appreciation, appreciation, uh, um. oh, it's a thirst trap, never mind, I'm sorry, <laughs> oh. I, I just call it what it is okay yeah i can't even if I it's, can't a, even duck, it's a duck it's a duck
0: thirst traps are important they're important they are, so. yeah they're a vital part of society we, we need them dude. i
7: try whatever sorry
0: <laughs> nerds of prey everyone tune into that podcast and check them out on social media on their website and all of those streams itunes soundcloud and uh thanks thanks for coming on tonight this was great ladies thank you for thanks, having me appreciate it so yeah, much thanks
5: jamie school